Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben Dua from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. Today I'm with Chelsea Pites. Rhymes with Lights. We are going to get into this topic of building a personal brand on social media and also how to build a content calendar, what to post. In fact, it's not always the things that we should be posting. So Chelsea's going to get into this with us. If you could start with a short bio and let's get into the topic. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. My name is Chelsea Pites. It does rhyme with lights. And I have been in the real estate industry or space for over 22 years. At one time, I was a licensed agent. Um, I jokingly tell people that I got licensed in 2001 BF. That's before Facebook. So I actually did business the quote unquote old fashioned way. Um, I'm not a digital native. I did not grow up with the internet of things. I did not grow up with all of the socials. And now what I do in the real estate space is help real estate professionals understand how to leverage what the algorithm is looking for and to create human relatable content that will result in them building a powerful personal brand that will attract your ideal audience. Mm. So I think people get stuck in their heads a lot when they say, what should I post? And there's a lot of mental cycles that happen. And in fact, in those mental cycles, there's actually a lot of challenge, a lot of stress, a lot of things come up, a lot of trauma, a lot of fear you know, fear of being judged, fear of not saying the right things, fear of upsetting people, you know, feeling like they're not being productive, like they're they're not doing what they should be doing to serve their bottom line. You know, how do we get over some of those those mental hiccups so that we can just be free and sort of get ahead of the social media problem instead of behind it? And when I say problem, of course, I mean opportunity. So I am a little bit of a different um, animal when it comes to social media education and, and I do break the rules a little bit and I'm, I'm very vulnerable and transparent with people because yes, I did write a book called what to post. However, I want to tell you that as somebody who has been a content creator for over eight years, I've been creating content every single day. I have never missed a day in the last six years. Um, I suffer from imposter syndrome. I suffer from not wanting to publish something. I have a fear of what if somebody is a troll? What if they say something? And so I just want to be very open and honest and let you know that I don't have that all figured out. Um, but I'm hoping that it will resonate with the people who are watching and listening this that that you don't have to have it all figured out. You can start before you're ready and you may or may not ever overcome those fears and anxieties. And maybe some days you'll have days where you have those fears and some days where you don't. And so I wish I had a complete easy system <laughs> that would um, be very mm -hmm. formulaic and let people know, just do this and do this. And then you're not going to be afraid, right. but I'm very honest. We're all human. And, you know, if you put yourself out there long enough, 
Um, it could be talking about what kind of peanut butter you like or the fact that you like ranch dressing with pizza. You're going to not resonate with some people. Not everybody is going to agree with everything that you're you're saying in your social media. So there isn't, in my opinion, a way to completely get over that fear. However, I continue to keep pressing publish. And the only difference between somebody who is posting something, whether it's a reel or a TikTok or a post in the feed or a podcast, and myself is that, did they actually push the publish button? <laughs> and there's a big difference between views and value. Just because you don't get a lot of views, or even if you do get a lot of views, it doesn't necessarily result in your uh, drop into your bottom line. That value part is the part where maybe one person watched it three years from now and it answered one of their questions mm -hmm. and they really were thankful for it. So it, it's, it's, not a, it's not an equation that is a this plus this equals this, unfortunately. You know, it's so interesting because I really like how you framed that. And one of the best pieces of advice that I got for social posting and just generally for social media is if you're having a problem posting on social, set a timer in your calendar for every three hours, every six hours, and just take a photo of whatever's in front of you. Because chances are whatever is in front of you has a story behind it. There's a pet, there's a dog. In my case, there's a drum set that's taken completely apart. Why? Because we got the band back together. <laughs> and uh, that's a story. So, you know, to me, this might look like a messy little studio area here. But if I frame it with a little bit of copy and some story, of course, saying that hey, you know it's nice that the world is opening up and that we're playing music and doing all the things that we used to enjoy it all of a sudden becomes really interesting and in fact the most authentic clips you know videos photos are the ones where life is a mess it's not where life is perfect because that shows vulnerability and it shows just our true humanity so it's a lot easier than we think i mean isn't it funny how a lot of us get stuck into wanting to be perfect but by being perfect, we're actually doing a disservice. We don't get as much engagement. It's a lot harder. We have to doll ourselves up. Um, it's so much easier just to just to flow. So uh, just a suggestion to people, you know, set a, set a calendar if you're not posting and just post whatever you got, whatever's in front of you. Yeah, I love that idea of, of documenting just sort of what you're doing. Um, Gary Vee said, document, don't create. And I just, I can't um, get behind that enough. And, and to your point, you know, there is content all around us. I think that the challenge is we have a mindset that it's boring, but I tell people there's magic in the mundane. When you sit down around the table and hopefully for many of us, that's gonna be something that we get to do very soon with our extended family and friends. And you're chatting about the day to day. I don't have super exciting news to tell my husband every night, like, oh my gosh, this happened, right? We're talking about I had to get tires on the car and then this happened. That mundane stuff is what connects us to people. And I have made tons of educational videos about how to uh, make more money <laughs> with your marketing, how to lead generate, and still no matter what happens, the mundane things that happen in my life is what gets the most engagement. And so don't be afraid to document what is happening in your life and also don't feel that because you didn't get any engagement or comments or, or views or whatever it might be, um, there's such value in, with love, the lurkers, because that lurker may be watching for three years and never say one thing, and they might hire you when the time is right. 
Mm. Well, you're definitely qualified to talk about this because you wrote a book on it, What to Post, How to Create Engaging Social Media Content That Builds Your Brand and Gets Result for Real Estate. Amazing. Talk to me about this process of writing this book. Oh my gosh. I am definitely not somebody who could like tell somebody, I get asked a lot, how do you write a book? And I'm like, I was a hot mess. It was like a dumpster fire of me trying to write this book. It was just post-it notes and all sorts of things. And this was my second book. Um, my first book, literally, I still have a picture and I use it in my, my presentations often when I'm at conferences. It's a whole wall of eight and a half by 11 computer paper that was taped to the wall and I just had written all these random ideas and that's basically how I started the book. This book came out of a need for me mentally to have everything that I was teaching and sharing in one place because a lot of people were asking. Now all of the stuff in here is free online. You can find it through all my videos. It's not, I didn't make this to, to make a profit or to make money. I wanted to give a simple solution where people can go to find this information and I couldn't find it all in one place. So I thought, let me just put it all there. Um, and you know, I like to learn visually. I need to see an exact example. It's great if you want to tell me how to be authentic and to make a caption, but if you don't show it to me, my brain won't figure out how to do it. So there's lots of tangible examples and it really was meant to be a workbook. You can get it on Kindle and all of that. Um, but you know, I feel like there's some connection mentally between writing it out and, um, you know, putting the pen to paper and, you know, I teach a lot about new school, but I love old school. That's just how my brain works. So I have to have pen and paper and the post-it notes and all of that. And so, um, it was, it was a interesting process for sure. Um, and, um, I think this will be the last time that I, that I do a book <laughs> <laughs> until, until you, until you write another book. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, this idea of rep reputation economy, um, I think one of the healthiest practices that we can do is just to Google ourselves every three months, not because we're narcissists and we love to see our name written all over the internet and have the entire you know three to six pages of Google show stuff that we've done. It's just because that's what other people are seeing, you know, and whether it's our Amazon link or whether it's our blog or whether it's our social profiles, our website profile, on our business website, you know, whatever the case may be, that's what other people are seeing. And, and a lot of us don't do that. There's some actual fear of, of Googling yourself because you don't know what's gonna come up. It could be one of those personal profile, you know, websites that gives away cell phone numbers and emails, but it's, it's actually very important that we do go through that practice so that we can say, well, that's where I should be investing my time into, into those top three to six channels. Um, what is your take on that? How do we improve our reputation, our profile, um, and just stay ahead of that wave? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I was, um, I've done a lot of research, sort of my, my backgrounds in clinical psychology. I have a, a real um, interest in the neuroscience of social media and product psychology and behavioral design and all of those things. So um, I studied a lot about that over the last number of years. And one of the most interesting studies that I always refer back to, and now I can't remember who um, created the study, but it was about trust mm -hmm. and reputation basically, and how we utilize the tools that we have at our fingertips to make an immediate decision on who's trustworthy and who's not. 
And so they had this chart and they were showing um, Uber drivers at the mm -hmm. top. Uber drivers and Lyft drivers are the number one most trusted out of colleagues, neighbors, and then I, there was a whole bunch mm -hmm. of other things. And so going into the details as to why that was occurring is because at any time you could look at your phone and see a profile picture and a star rating and have information, which whether it was, you know, actually true or not, you know, you took that data point and said, this is somebody that I can trust. And the same is true for, for all of us. And that is exactly what we do. Industry is irrelevant. Behavior is not. So what happens is, you know, my son was three years old. I have a picture of him that I always keep in my office because he is in front of the YouTube little like iPad he has. He says to me, mom, I don't want to watch this cartoon anymore. And I said, why? You love that cartoon. He said, it doesn't have all the stars. And I was like, wow, he's three years old and knows that a five star rating is better in his mind than a four star. So it's pervasive. It's the how we find things we want to buy on Amazon. And so to think that it doesn't apply to us because we're in a relationship or person to person business, completely irrelevant. Everything we do is based on what we can find in a data point. And often our brain is moving so quickly to make decisions that we will typically go with someone. So if I got two referrals to, I don't know, a plumber, and I typed in both of their names into Google, and I saw one plumber had a YouTube channel with 35 videos, and I could hear their voice and see their face, and you know, I've never met that person. And maybe the other plumber just had sort of like a website, but not much else on there. Um, I'd probably call the person with the videos because it's an extra data point for me. Um, so I think it's important to know that you know being anonymous is not okay anymore. It's an expectation and we have this behavior training with social media and all of the things in our own reality TV shows that once behavior is trained, expectations change. And the expectation is if we don't see you, we start to not trust you and we wonder why. Well, I think that's so well stated. I mean, how many of us do that quick little search on, you know, the person that we're about to work with, the real estate agent, the title rep, you know, the plumber, the doctor, the list goes on. Um, how many of us do that search and, and actually make decisions either consciously or subconsciously based on what we're seeing? And I love this idea that you present, which is that when we, when we see someone, it's believing. And when we watch a video, um, we can we can hear the person. We can feel the person. It's the next best thing to reality, and it's and it and it means that if there's other people that are engaging with their content, i.e., following, i.e., viewing, um, that's social proof, and that type of validation is what we're all seeking because at at our core, we are designed to survive and designed designed to deflect threats from us. So if we do engage with someone that's anonymous and we do not see what they're about online, chances are we won't trust them. It's funny too, because, you know, we've all seen the movies and, and the shows on TV about, you know, the anonymous hackers. And now mm -hmm. that word has actually been associated with something having to do with fear. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's no longer about privacy, really. It's about this fear-based idea. And, you know, whether whether for good or for bad, I mean, we, we have access to data all the time. And if we can't find access to data about something, we just don't trust it. We just move on to the next thing where we can find a data point. So it is important, um, you know, if one thing we, we took away from 2020, which perhaps, you know, it maybe 
never really impacted um, the world of somebody before, but you know, digital was the only way we were connecting. I mean, if you had my Zoom link or social media, that's the only way you saw me. And so it's not going to go back to quote unquote normal when we all start to reopen and go back to the way we were. Um, we've all learned a lot during this last year. I, I would much rather do a webinar than fly three hours for a live meeting and then have to fly back or do a conference or whatever, saving money, more efficient. So yeah, those things will come back into play but it's not going to probably go back to where it was. So we're still gonna be in this really heavy digital virtual environment where we're going to have to embrace technology to create trust with people. Mm. And be able to do it in a very finite short amount of time, i.e. TLDR, too long, didn't read. How do, we, how do we solve that problem where people aren't necessarily reading those long testimonials or those long emails that we're writing or a doc that we might have sent. How do we how do we solve that? What's a simple way for us to get our message, our trust across and effectively to build relationships? Oh, you know, nobody ever really likes this answer. <laughs> but the way that you solve the TLDR, the way you build brand, the way you build trust through technology in a screen to screen environment is you have to show your face. And there's a science. There is a science, an undeniable science. My first book was called Talking in Pictures. And it is about the science of, of screen to screen communication and how we essentially cameras and, and communicating with cameras has changed the way that we communicate, the way we build communities, and the way that we're going to be doing business and building brand. And, um, you know, our brains don't know what's happening. It's kind of this really unfair advantage um, that when someone sees your face, the brain has no idea if you're not in the same room with them or you're looking at them through a screen. So, um, and I think especially coming out of 2020, it's it's critical. You can't outsource your face. You can't. I mean, look at like big, huge companies like Nike who are paying people millions of dollars to borrow their face. <laughs> they know it's critical to have a human face to connect with someone. Yes. We all have faces and we all have phones. And as scared as you are about being on a camera, you need to be tripling down on video content for for your brand. That's just how we communicate with each other mm. now. Now let's let's let me interject with a sort of a some marketing data. Um, so I'm I'm all about this model. I've been all in on this model for for a few years now, and it's it's been phenomenal. The results have been great. I, most importantly, because of the relationships that I've built, um, it's also a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun documenting my life, going through the process, building a, a SaaS company, now helping you know forty thousand businesses all around the world communicate with video. It's been a tremendous experience for me, but. I still get those conversations. I still get those texts every once in a while, once every six months, maybe where someone says, man, like it's, it's what it's too much. Like I see, I, I can't, I can't be on Instagram without seeing something, you know, a podcast interview, you know, a shot, you know, what, what is it? Like, it's too much. How do you do that? Why do you do that? In fact, um, that conversation came to me um, just a matter of a couple of days ago. Um, reuniting with some friends, and you know, we were we had some truth serum flowing around, so we were enjoying our our, our beverages, 
And, you know, he proceeded to say, you know what? It's, it, it's too much, man. Your face is on. It's like too many selfies. The reason why I'm saying this is because of this. Now, I will say that I do believe in this model that we do have to put our faces out there. And I do trust in the algorithms. I trust that when people like and they comment on our engagements, they will see them. And if they don't, they won't. I do trust in that. But my question for you is how do we find balance mm-hmm. of putting ourselves out there, being authentic, not looking like a narcissist, not looking like we want it to be all about ourselves and really being rooted in a place of value, in fact, for helping other people? How do we do all that? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like I always think about parenting when people ask me questions um, that have to do with business. For some reason, I just always kind of, you know, I think people can relate to that. Um, and you know, I think the question of how do we be authentic is really challenging. How do we balance it? I'm like, listen, you're asking the wrong person about balance because (laughs) I, like I said, my hashtag is hot mess mom. I'm lucky if I am, thank goodness I have an alarm on to go pick my kid up from the bus. Um, but you know, this idea that you have to have everything balanced and it has to be X percentage of business content to personal. You should only be posting once per day or once every other day. Um, you know, here's the thing. You're not going to be for everyone and that's okay. And we all have ways and tools. We can mute stories or not watch. Do I sometimes get overwhelmed when I see somebody posting constantly in the feed? I do. But, um, you know, that's why I say, well, what about stories? Story your face off if you want to all day long. If people don't want to watch it, they'll swipe to the next one. Um, So there's different ways that you can kind of put different formats. If you're posting just to post and you are stressed out about it, stop. Save your sanity. Create something that's sustainable for six years. And if it's posting once a week, great. Then talk to people and do commenting over contenting for the rest of the time. Um, If you are loving creating this content, I don't like creating content. I hate posting in the feed on Instagram and I'm making a post for for Instagram right now. I only do it once every other week because I don't enjoy it. I love stories and it's easy. So do what you enjoy first. If you are stressed thinking about, I got to make a post today, I got to make a post today, just don't because you can do so many other things that create more of a humanizing connection, like talking to people um, that makes them feel good. It makes you feel good. Now you have a conversation and you're training the algorithm because we're talking and it says, "Mm, maybe you want to see each other's content. So when you do post that content once a week, it's actually going to float up into that feed. So do I think there's a delicate line of probably doing too many posts and too much content? Um, Yeah, probably. I mean, I think me personally, I could say that, um, that I, you know, would probably say, oh, this is a little too much for me in my feed. But I think if you love it and you enjoy it, go for it. If it's not serving you and you're stressed and you're thinking that you have to post something every single day, that's absolutely not true. There are other ways that you can serve your community and connect. And, um, you know, as far as the vanity of your face, um, you know, I think if I was taking pictures of me just with like no commentary or anything like that, I think people would probably tire of that. Um, (laughs) But if I'm showing up and being real and asking questions, engaging and talking to people and showing what's going on in my life, that's that's a little bit different. And you know what? Have I had people that are like, you post too much and it's just about your life and I'm bored? I'm like, okay, 
you don't have to watch it. <laughs> you don't have to watch it. You get to control what you engage with. So have at it. Unfollow me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, would we take advice from those people? You know, I mean, maybe we would, maybe we would not. Um, one of the things I also think about is, you know, when you get to a certain level of wanting to post, you know, being on the, being on the, the six major platforms out there, you know, you have to start to, uh, you know, get a team, you know, you need a team now behind you. You, you there's, there's photo stuff that's happening. There's video editing that's happening. There's a content calendar. There's a board where things are being managed. So I think one of the things that happens to a lot of creators that do go to that that next stage of outsourcing is that they do start to feel that that lack of control. I I don't I'm not fully controlling this. The words are mine. The videos are mine. The photos are mine. You know, or or my guests. But in fact, a lot of people are helping to facilitate that process, and that I think is a lot of where. Um, you know, that pro imposter syndrome starts to happen because you're like, well, okay, yes, I said those words, but I didn't actually type those words. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that just takes, it's just one of those things where it just takes time and you really have to control it and you have to make sure that everything is, is authentic and it's you, it's just an extension of you. Um, do you have any tips on how we can best, you know, outsource social media without giving up our authenticity? Uh, I get this question a lot, and, and it, it comes in two formats. One, is there any kind of tool out there or system that I can just have post content for me to the socials and I don't really have to think about it? Kind of a set it and forget it. And yes, there are a lot of tools that can help with that. What I think people run into the challenge of is then they say, well, it's not working like I hoped it would. And it's not the actual platform or system you're using. What happens is if you are relying on a set it and forget it, that's not going to work in 2021 because you need to be engaging. You need to be talking to people. You need to be DMing. And so that is one of the things that I see people saying is that what oh, didn't work for me. Well, were you doing anything else? Was it a compliment? Was it helping you to be more efficient or was that the only thing you were relying on? The other question is, oh, this is great. I have, um, you know, uh, an 18 year old son or daughter. They're going to help me with TikTok and all that. I'm just going to have them do it. And I'm like, well, definitely amazing to have somebody on your team who understands your brand and your culture and the way that you speak and can help represent you as you. But if you're not in the videos, if you're not in the photos and you are trying to completely 100% outsource your brand, unless you're going to pay a ton of money to an agency who is going to really spend the time to learn who you are, it's pretty impossible in my personal opinion mm -hmm. to be successful in 2021 and beyond outsourcing your brand hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for the time. Where can people engage with your content? Um, visit you on your website. Give us all your channels, please. Best place to connect with me. I'm on all the channels with my name. But Instagram, Chelsea.Pites, that is the best place to connect with me and follow my content. I have weekly updates and videos on how to use Instagram to build your brand. I've got all my links in my bio there as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Stick around for some notes. Thanks again.